Welcome to Furniture Industry News for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023 from FurniturePodcast.com, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover the California State Senate's ban on upholstered furniture and mattresses containing fiberglass and flame-retardant chemicals, the U.S. International Trade Commission's investigation into mattress imports from 13 countries, succession planning in the furniture industry, predictions for U.S. holiday retail sales growth, and Signified's report on the different categories of e-commerce shoppers. The state Senate just made a big move by passing a ban on the sale of upholstered furniture and mattresses that contain fiberglass and other flame-retardant chemicals. This ban received overwhelming support with a vote of 35 to 3. The bill, which was introduced by Assemblymember Laura Friedman, still needs to go through a concurrence vote in the state assembly. If it gets the green light there, the ban will be effective starting January 1, 2027. Friedman seems pretty confident in manufacturers' ability to meet fire safety standards without resorting to fiberglass or other harmful components. She believes they can create comfortable, attractive products without putting people at risk. It's clear that many manufacturers are already taking steps in that direction, as a lot of furniture makers stopped using fiberglass in the early 2000s, and mattress companies have been phasing it out more recently. You might be wondering why fiberglass is such a concern. Well, according to Poison.org, it can irritate the eyes, skin, and lungs. Long-term exposure can lead to lung disease and pulmonary fibrosis. Luckily, the danger is limited to when the fiberglass is released into the air, typically caused by a damaged or opened cover. This isn't the first time California has taken action against fiberglass. In 2018, they banned it in the foam part of mattresses, but some components like thermal barriers were still exempt. Overall, it seems like a positive step towards safer and healthier furniture options. Big news from the U.S. International Trade Commission. They recently had a hearing and have decided to move forward with an investigation on mattress imports from 13 different countries. This comes after an anti-dumping petition was filed back in July by several U.S. producers. All five commissioners voted in favor of proceeding with the investigation, stating that there is a reasonable indication that the U.S. mattress industry is being materially injured by these imports. The countries in question include Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Burma, India, Italy, Kosovo, Mexico, Philippines, Poland, Slovenia, Spain, Taiwan, and also Indonesia, which is allegedly subsidizing their mattress exports. So what happens next? The U.S. Department of Commerce will now continue its investigations into imports from these countries. They'll be making a preliminary countervailing duty determination around October 23rd and preliminary anti-dumping duty determinations around January 4th, 2024. Now, you might be wondering why all this is important. Well, the U.S. Commerce Department explains that these anti-dumping and countervailing duty laws provide a transparent and internationally accepted way for U.S. businesses and workers to seek relief from unfair imports. It's all about creating a level playing field and giving American companies a fair shot. The petitioners behind this action include Brooklyn Bedding, Carpenter Company, Corsicana Mattress Company, and several others. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters and the United Steel, Paper and Forestry, Rubber, Manufacturing, Energy, Allied Industrial and Services Workers, International Union are also involved. Just to give you some context, this is actually the third time that U.S. producers have taken action against imported mattresses. 
The first case was against China in 2018, and the second one was filed in 2020 and completed earlier this year. Navigating the challenges of succession in a family-owned business can be a daunting task. This is especially true for industries that heavily rely on relationships and personal connections. It's crucial to select a successor who not only shows an active interest in the business, but also possesses the desire to learn and establish themselves within the company. On top of that, they must be competent enough to take on the role of CEO, which is no easy feat. Todd Wanick, CEO of Ashley Furniture, Keith Koenig, co-founder of City Furniture, and Michael Amini, CEO and founder of AICO, all face different stages of the succession process. All three leaders share the desire to maintain family ownership. Michael Amini is at the earliest stage of succession planning. His 26-year-old son, Kian, has been working at their furniture company for three years and currently holds the position of Director of Business Development and Technology. Amini is impressed with his son's involvement in software and marketing, as well as his ability to think strategically about bringing in new business. Amini believes it's important for his children to choose their own paths and find fulfillment in their work, even if it means they may not join the family business. Keith Koenig is further along in the process as his son Andrew took over the leadership at City Furniture in January 2022. Andrew's interest in the company was apparent from the start, and he gradually worked his way up through different roles, demonstrating great leadership along the way. For Ashley Furniture, which is co-owned by father-son duo Ron and Todd Wanick, the goal is to keep the business in the family. Three third-generation family members already hold significant roles at the company, spearheading efforts in supply chain and information technology, managing global manufacturing operations, and overseeing merchandising and finance. Todd Wanick stresses the importance of Ashley Furniture remaining a privately held family business, as it allows for long-term vision, consistency in leadership, and preservation of the company's values. Finding the right successor in a family-owned business requires careful consideration and understanding of the individual's passion, skills, and ability to earn respect. While maintaining family ownership can be desirable, it is also important to support the choices and paths that the next generation may choose to pursue. As the holiday shopping season approaches, U.S. retail sales are expected to see a modest growth rate. Bain and Company predicts that sales will increase by just 3% year over year in November and December. However, when adjusted for inflation, that percentage drops to a mere 1%. This makes it the lowest holiday growth rate since 2018 and well below the 10-year average. Seasonal sales are expected to reach nearly $915 billion, with the majority of the growth coming from non-store sales such as e-commerce and mail order. Despite the challenges that retailers are facing this year, there are some positive signs in the industry. E-commerce and certain in-store categories focused on necessities like health and personal care, general merchandise, and food and beverage have seen a 4% increase in sales in 2023. Retailers are also adapting to the changing landscape by using technologies like generative AI and live streaming for targeted marketing approaches. There are a few factors that may contribute to the boost in holiday retail growth. Prices remain elevated compared to last year, even as inflation slows down. Additionally, shoppers are expected to pull forward more holiday spending, including during October sales. Moreover, 
Consumers have greater spending power this year as wages, disposable income, and stocks are up compared to last year. To attract cautious consumers, retailers are advised to start early and lead with value messaging, emphasizing both pricing and quality. Overall, while the growth rate may be lower than in previous years, there are still opportunities for retailers to make the most of the holiday shopping season. In a recent report by Signified, they delve into the concept of customer loyalty within e-commerce. They categorize online shoppers into four groups, soulmates, hot dates, ghosters, and exes. Soulmates are those who have made numerous purchases within the past year, including the last four months. Hot dates are new shoppers who have made all of their purchases within the last four months. Ghosters have also made four purchases, but not within the past four months. And exes have only made one or two purchases, not within the most recent four-month period. Interestingly, soulmates make up the smallest percentage of the customer base, coming in at less than 1%. However, they are incredibly loyal. Signified's research shows that 42% of soulmates from May 2022 to May 2023 were repeat customers from the previous year. On the other hand, exes make up the largest segment at 67%. The report also reveals that there is a possibility of losing customers. The hot dates segment saw 63% of its customers transition into the exes category. This could be due to a post-pandemic decline in shopping for home-related products. Retailers are advised to engage with these new customers through promotions or other forms of interaction to maintain their interest. While soulmates account for less than 2% of a brand's customer base, they are responsible for a significant portion of sales, contributing nearly 12%. They have increased their spending by 50% in the past year. Signified conducted their research by analyzing transaction data from thousands of online merchants, focusing on both the frequency and recency of customer purchases. It's important for retailers to cultivate and retain their most loyal customers while also engaging with new shoppers. By understanding customer behavior and preferences, brands can effectively tailor their strategies to maximize customer loyalty and sales. Stay tuned to furniture industry news from furniturepodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry and make sure to subscribe for future episodes.